Hello and welcome. You are tuning into the All In Football Fantasy Premier League show, episode one. I am your host, self-proclaimed FPL guru, Alex Rex. And joining me today are my fellow co-hosts of the All In Football show, Tom Hughes and Scott Williams. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you, Alex. Yeah, very excited. This is, uh, yeah, um, it's something a bit different we've not done before. We know how much effort and how much passion you have for fantasy football. So I'm very excited to be a small part of it. Yeah, and I'm definitely uh, very excited, but probably selfishly, mostly so I can get some tips so I can do a little bit better than I have done in previous years. So, yeah, really excited to see what you put together here, Alex. Oh, great stuff. Thanks, guys. Well, uh, that is the uh, that is the intention. It's to deliver content that's easily consumable every week. And uh, don't get me wrong, this show is going to be a little bit longer than what we normally do. Uh, but uh, generally, every week, I'm going to cover transfers, fixtures and all things FPL. Uh, and it's uh, by popular demand. Usually, this was a uh, section on last season all in football podcast itself but i uh, was just so inundated with direct messages uh that uh, I've, uh, we've decided to set this up ourselves so i hope you guys all really enjoy it uh today on the show we'll be covering 10 tips for um new fantasy managers and, and existing ones that want to take it a little bit more seriously uh, every player in every position and other things that we need to know during the season um first things first though i wanted to uh touch on um, something that uh, we've been working on for a little while now. And I've really wanted to do a video series on how to start as a novice in FPL. And friend of the show, Liam Ormsby, former semi-professional footballer of uh, Tadcaster Albion, amongst a lot of other clubs, of course, um, he has uh, taken on board, um, well, taken the time to spend with me to, uh, to learn FPL this season. So we'll be having a look at Liam's team a little bit later on and also catching up with him during the year uh, about how he's, uh, how he's doing in the leagues and um, also using all the tools that get put his way. So very excited to get cracking on with that one. And, uh, and we all know Liam very well here. He's a very good friend of the show and he is extremely giddy um, about getting stuck into this. So thank you for that one and his time. Um, so... We're going to go through the team. Go through the team. We're going to go through the players. We're going to go through them position by position, slightly in order of price. But you know, there'll be general chat around it. And and the aim of the game is to create your watch list. So your watch list is a tool that's on the FPL site that you will then fill in as you go through the season. There's a little tab at the bottom of the, uh, when you click on a player, so the little info icon, it'll bring up Mo Salah's name and at the bottom it'll say add to watch list. So if you want Salah on your watch list, click on that. And then when you're going through your players, for your transfers week by week, if they're in your watch list, it makes it a lot easier than filtering through the rubbish. And, uh, and also, well, it's a watch list, so you're going to watch them and see how well they do. And if they perform well, then you get them in your team. Um, and I, I know a lot of people don't even know this really exists because it's not very easily accessible on the app, but get your watch list sorted. And so that's the intent for today. So fixtures, hope you can all follow this one. Um, it's very important at the beginning of a fantasy Premier League season to look at the fixtures first. Um, we haven't got any form yet for players. We haven't even really got any forms for the, for the team, but it's a good idea to have a look at their run of games that they've got at the very beginning of the season. I'm going to refer to the first seven games, first seven game weeks a lot during this podcast. Uh, and, uh, and obviously we're on YouTube now as well. And the reasons for that is because there's a, an international break after game week seven. And I think a lot of people will be looking at using their wild card at that point or there or thereabouts. So these are the fixtures for the first nine game weeks, but we'll be looking at the first seven quite a lot. And uh, I, I don't know if you lads have, uh, when you've had a look at your teams, if you've picked out any teams that uh, you really want to watch off the back of this. Yeah, I mean, for me, you've got a couple of obvious ones there. Um, your eyes are just drawn to the green, aren't they? Um, which, Aston Villa, obviously, straight off the bat. Um, how are they going to care up there about Jackie Grealish? Um, you know, they've brought in Danny Ings. They've got Ollie Watkins up front. They've got Buendria. So, they've got some exciting prospects there. Um, that can certainly certainly come in. One for me, though, when I look at, sort of like like you said, the first, well, the first six weeks is Everton. Um, you know, they're playing a Southampton team, which I don't think will particularly be formed too well. Leeds, if anything to go by last year, they can have a shaky defence. Brighton, similar. Burnley at home. And then you got Villa, Norwich. So I, th- I think I'll definitely be looking at having a couple of Everton players at the beginning anyway, just to see how they're getting on. 
Yeah, you find a lot of people are sleeping on Everton at this very moment mm. in time and not putting players in the team because of the, the Rafa factor and they're not quite sure how they're going to play yet. But, uh, but yeah, it's a good point on Everton. What about you, Tom? Anyone you picked out? Always going to get these glitches on these things, aren't we? Microphone, Tom. Can you hear me? I can now. That was weird. Go on. That's so strange. Um, oh, okay, right. I'll just go from here and we'll have to crop it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, okay. Uh, well, strangely for me, the ones that I actually picked out uh, first was, and it doesn't mean I'm going to have any of their players, but Man United have got a really nice set of opening fixtures, haven't they? Um, so I think there'll be a lot of people with Man United players in their team. I actually think once you get through... Uh, once you get through that first game week, it becomes there's not a lot of teams that stand out to me. And Scott's already mentioned Villa. Um, I might be interested in a couple of Spurs players um, after that first City game. They've got a few good games after that, but then they've got Chelsea, Arsenal back to back. It's it's really tough. Um, I don't think there's a, a lot of teams that have brilliant fixtures, uh, but those three that we've mentioned. Yeah, and I think um, the only other one I think I just wanted to point out was uh, West Ham. Um, with Newcastle, they've got Leicester, but then Crystal Palace, Southampton, Man United, but then Leeds, Brentford. It's it's very hit and miss. And then the, the last team to point out is actually from game week four, when Wolves have a horrendous start to the season, Leicester, Tottenham and Man United. But then they have Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, Villa and Leeds. So uh, Wolves will be a team under a new manager that will spend a lot of time, um, at th- well, keeping an eye on in the first three weeks to see how they play and then maybe identifying some of their assets um, a little bit later on anyway. Um, let's start off with goalkeepers. So I won't spend a lot of time on goalkeepers uh, because for me, it's an area where there was three goalkeepers in the top 20 players last season, but that was a bit of an anomaly. And two of those goalkeepers were 4.5 million keepers, Martinez and Meslier. The other one was Edison. Um, you can go for set and forget. You can go for a player like Edison, Allison, or Mendy, who are obviously going to keep a lot of clean sheets. But the problem with those guys is that you limit yourself to an outfield player. You can only have three players from each team. So what if Liverpool catch fire? What do you want? You want Trent Soller and Jota, Trent Robertson and, uh, and Mane. And, uh, you, can't, you can't have more than two of his outfield players if you have one of the keepers. Same with City. Edison is the only one who's who's a small maybe, and that's only because of the massive rotation that happens for, for Pep. Um, but other than that, Martinez at 39.1% of teams selected by is very high. And we'll have a look at our teams a little bit later on. And I know uh, a couple of lads have Martinez in their, in their side. And the first three fixtures are great. Um, but uh, it's, it, it is a tricky one, I think, in terms of spending that amount of money on goalkeepers. Um, the five million keepers, there's, a, there's a, again, a couple of really good options in here. Um, uh, Scott, your favourite Pickford. Got to be said that he's uh, he, he's been somebody who's got good fixtures and at five million seems relatively good value. Um, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, do you to I was just going to say, coming off a of great Euros as well, his conflicts is going to be sky high and... Like you say, Rafa, he does tend to play a bit more defensively. So Pickford, we're going to look at it in a minute. Pickford was the first name in my team. That's not just because I started with a goalkeeper. Um, he's, I think at five million, it's it's a great shout. Yeah, um, and five million again for um, uh, Schmeichel. You know, if you wanted to trust the Leicester defence, you could trust the Leicester defence. Uh, Leno with Arsenal, maybe if buts and maybes. Meslier will make a lot of saves. Again, he was in the top 20 players last season. So why not have him again? Um, but I'd, I'd be a little bit more concerned about Henderson and De Gea. Weirdly, have got different kits playing for the same team. And that was literally a screenshot I took from the fantasy website today. Um, but yeah, it, unless they're a guaranteed number one, then I wouldn't go for them. And even then, do not want the three outfield players who are going to score the, the mass amount of points. And the thing is with keeper is don't overspend on them because there's no point because the likelihood of them scoring loads of points is, is pretty small. Uh, and if there is one that's smashing it, you can get on them pretty quickly. Uh, and also you don't want one from a team where you're going to limit your outfield player options. Uh, you don't want to tie yourself up. Um, and that's why, again, the, the, uh, the bigger teams, you tend to ignore them in terms of the goalkeeping side. Uh, Finally, uh, 4.5 million keepers. 
because none of the four million ones are are going to feature, are going to play. You can put a four million one on your bench as a backup and just go set and forget. But um, I wanted to touch on Backman and Sanchez. Now, between Backman and Sanchez in the first 19 game weeks, and yes, I did look at the 19 game weeks, uh, between those two, there's only one game week where they don't rotate incredibly well. Uh, so my goalkeeper choices, and just to give away my team a little bit later on already, will be Backman and Sanchez. I don't like having a non-playing goalkeeper. I'm a very risk-averse fantasy manager, and especially with COVID still being around and there could be a games cancellation, anything like that. I just don't like having a dead player sat on my bench. That's a very bad turn of phrase. A player that, do- that isn't going to play sat on my bench. It's just not for me, but it's not wrong to do that, but it's just not the way I want to play it. Um, Geiter, uncertainty, Darlow, but Dubravka, when he comes back, will take over as number one. Who knows who's going to be number one again at Southampton? Do you want to go for Krul? Um, I don't know if your boys have a, any sort of take on the goalkeeping situations or, or anything you wanted to add on in terms of the goalkeepers that we've talked about so far. No, I'm just looking at that list and wondering which one of them is going to be the new Martinez because nobody thought Martinez would get the points that he did last year. Um, uh, and I'm just wondering, out of those options you've talked about, which ones are likely? Brighton, their defence is pretty solid. Uh, I don't know how many saves Sanchez has to make. Um, so I don't know whether that I don't know whether that feeds into a lot of bonus points for him. Um, so maybe he's maybe he's not the strongest option. I'm guessing Watford. I'm guessing Batman's going to be making a lot of saves. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's the shout on the four point fives. Yeah, they, they had the best defense in in the championship last year. Did uh, did Watford? But you're right, and and that's why if I was going for a set and forget keeper out of the two of them, I'd be going for Batman because he's going to make more saves. So he's probably going to get more bonus points. Uh, Sanchez is just a more known to people in, in the game, isn't he? That's why he's 23.3% owned. Um, so again, it's not wrong, but that's what people would would, uh, would want to do anyway. So um, yeah, uh, and then uh, the four millions just don't go for Ben Foster if you're going for a four million keeper, only because when everyone, everyone gets off him, he's so highly owned, he's like 30% owned in the game. If everyone sells him, his price goes down and you lose team value, just Put in a keeper that nobody owns if you're going to go for a four million keeper because their value is not going to go down. They're just going to sit at four million pounds. I actually like Angus Gunn probably is the best option um, just because he's the backup to Tim Krul and they've just signed him for a reason. So, yeah, just don't don't fall into the trap of going for a player who doesn't play who's highly owned who's, when everyone sells him on their wild card. Um, just price drops. Anyway, but that's that side, I think. Uh, defenders. Now we get into a bit of more of a juicy topic, the ones who are going to start scoring you more points. These are the premiums. So between 7.5 and 5.5 million are the the premium defenders, really, I think, in terms of price. Some people just refer to premiums as Trent Robbo and Van Dijk, but that's them. Um, For me, off this list, depending on your team structure, you're going for two or three players off this list. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold was the top-scoring player um, in the fantasy Premier League game for the last 10 weeks of last season. Uh, and he shows fantastic form year in, year out. He was the first name on my team sheet when I was putting my squad together. I just don't, I, I, for me, he's, he's a no brainer. Um, but don't, but apparently 72% of people don't think that's right. <laughs> so I, I'm interested to, to see. Have you both got Trent in your team? Yeah. Oh. Scotty, oh, that's a, no, no, go for, go sure. for it. Two reasons why I've not got Trent in my team in a minute. He's, he's come off a pretty bad injury. Um, obviously, that's ruled him out of the Euros. Um, I love Trent, but also watching Robbo. I feel like Robbo played pretty well at the back end of last year. And just watching him for the, you know, the couple of games that Scotland were at the Euros, um, he'd look good there as well. Um, so I, it was just uh, Trent could quite easily come in for me between now and deadline, but I've just put Robbo in there at the minute just because I'm a little bit worried. I don't know. Maybe you can let me know. Has he been playing pre-season? Has he been playing well? Do you know? Or yeah, they, they, we... they're both back in training. Uh, yeah. They both um, they both played uh, a couple of games as far as I'm aware in pre-season. Um, it's an early differential, though, isn't it? Going for Robbo. Yeah, and uh, and also Van Dyke at nine point seven percent. It's yeah. uh, I mean, he, he, I can't imagine he's not going to. I don't know. It depends on his injury, doesn't it? But anyway, mm-hmm. um, they're going to keep I, more clean sheets, aren't they? Regardless, um, across the board, Liverpool with the with with Van Dyke back and also the signings they've made. So 
Yeah, it, it, only, those points totals are probably only going up this year for either of them. They need to seven point five million with no clean sheets. I mean, you get three points for an assist, but you get four points for a clean sheet, and you actually get more bonus points or BPS as a defender for a clean sheet than you do for an assist. It so you need the clean sheets from a, a defender who's seven point five million. Otherwise, there's no point in having them. I mean, I know he scored two goals last season or something, so I'm backing them to get more clean sheets. Obviously, the same for Robertson. But um, in terms of the fixtures, I'd be, I'm, I'm incredibly surprised if, they're, if they're, there's, there's teams out there from people that play FPL a lot that haven't got any Liverpool defenders in them. But if they haven't, look at the array of talent below. And if uh, Chilwell at six million. If Alonso, they're trying to offload him a lot. He's in every swap deal that Chelsea is trying to do for Lukaku. So is Chilwell more nailed on at left back? I don't know. But if he is, then I think their fixtures uh, take a, a really nice turn around sort of game week six. So he's someone I'll be definitely watching really closely. Diaz is the only nailed on Manchester City defender. People have talked about Cancelo and Walker, Stones, Zinchenko, but Diaz is surely the only one who's nailed on. Um, so, again, he's a good option. Not much goal threat, though, compared to uh, players like Chilwell. Um, your boy, Cresswell, Scotty. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know about West Ham. Europe this year, I, I, I don't know. You just don't know how they're going to react to that Thursday, Sunday, every week. Um, so, it is a difficult one. And I, I don't know, I just think at 5.5, when you glance down to a guy called Luke Shaw at 5.5, who are you going to go to out then? 100% of the time, Luke Shaw, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's back in training now as well. Shaw yeah. featured in the Scotland camp for Man United. Uh, he was someone who was a small doubt for me. But now, since I saw him back in training and, and kicking the ball about he, with United's fixtures, there's no wonder he's 49% selected. There's a bit of a Euros kick in there, though, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> England fans sticking him straight in. But um, Tom, you're obviously having no Man United players in the team this season. Um, yep. So for yourself, your take on the premium defenders, what sort of two or three are you going to be putting in your team, do you think? Well, I've got um, Trent, I mean, given again, given my team away, but I've got Trent and um, James out of this group on screen at the moment. Uh, yeah. James has got really good ICT, so influence create threat index, so he scores really well on that. Um, so I'm hoping he gets a more consistent run of starts because if he does, um, that'll pay dividends. But if you look at that, he's scoring one six two, which is, you know, pretty much puts him in the top five or six defenders for attacking threat in a Chelsea team that went on a ridiculous run of clean sheets under Tuchel. So he's got really good potential for me next uh, in, in the coming year. Uh, and outside of that, I think I find it really difficult to pick players. Uh, Chelsea, uh, City, like you say, too much rotation. Um, I can't have Man United options, so I'm pretty much limited to Trent, Robbo and uh, James or Chilwell. <laughs> has, has anyone got Dean yet? No, but Scott's point on their fixtures makes me look at him mm-hmm. and think maybe he's worth it because, again, his threat index is really good. And actually, maybe with Rafa, maybe they'll be a bit more more defensively sound than they were last year. Uh, I think... I think Canate could be a little lock as well. He's going to play, I think. He's... he's... You know, he's good on FIFA, so uh, <laughs> that's usually got to go away. Yeah, it, it, uh, potentially. Is he, is he gonna, if he gets starts at 5.5 or into the Liverpool defence, maybe. Yeah, for, for 5.5, do you want them to have some attacking for it? He's a centre-back, isn't he, Canati? Yeah, so yeah, it, it, like I guess it depends how how powerful he is. Like, I'd be interested to see what his heading stats are, his attacking, you know, how many goals did he score from corners, stuff like that, because that's probably where you're going to get the extra value from him at 5.5. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, a lot of teams, if the only ones I've seen that haven't had a Liverpool defender in them are ones that have had Cresswell uh, or Dinia, Shaw or Chilwell. They've had like three of those four. Um, and you know what? It, it's a spread of cash. It's not, again, nothing's wrong <laughs> what they want to pick. If you want to pick these things, pick them. But, um, and that's, uh, that's, yeah, a good look at, I think we've got a lot of options there and that's exciting for me. I, I, you know, there's there's not a template backline. I'm worried. I've only got one of those defenders. <laughs> oh, you need two of them for me. Two two people on that list. That's why we do. That's why we're doing the podcast now. Yeah. So you can I change. Did, your team, I did right. finish top of the mini league. There. Let's not keep forgetting that. <laughs> you, you did. You did. Well, uh, I'll. Uh, you, you, I've, I've got this one here. Uh, this graphic, and you probably can't read it. And you're not supposed to be able to because, to be honest, you shouldn't pick anyone at five million really as a defender. 
Um, that's, uh, it, you've got maybe the, the shout out of uh, Sue Fowl, you know, oh, is Doherty going to do it under Nuno again? I don't know. But any uh, Furpo at Leeds, I know you'll be, uh, you'll be happy and excited about him, Tom. Um, but is there value in a lot of the players on this list who are 0.5 cheaper or 0.5 more expensive um, within the same teams? Um, maybe Vestergaard is someone to watch out for, but they'll get beaten 9-0 at some point. So we'll, uh, we'll scoot over the 5 million options. Uh, and the 4.5 and 4 million defenders, uh, there's so many 4.5s. I just did the highly owned ones here on the side. So Ben White at 22.9%, fantastic option really at Arsenal. He's going to play 50 million quid. Uh, rotates really well with a lot of other teams, actually, fixture-wise. So, for me, Ben White's an, an, e- an easy put in my team. Uh, I've no idea why Mankio is 13.9% owned at four. That is such a bandwagon. He's not even featured in pre-season, as far as I'm aware. I'd look on Newcastle's Twitter last night to make sure I wasn't going being deluded, but I don't understand that. I know he got 28 points in fantasy last season, but that's nothing. Um, Luke Ayling, the other 4.5 million, uh, rotates well with White at Arsenal. Um his, you talk about ICT index, Tom. Like he should have had a goal or two or a few assists last season. I don't understand how he didn't. He definitely should have done, but I, I would just uh, this year. I'm, you know, I've got a feeling that he's going to probably have to fill in at centre back a little bit. Lorente's injured. He's been playing centre back in pre season, um, so it's it, it, it depends how. How, how Bielsa goes, but it could he couldn't end up filling at centre back because he did a bit last year as well. So just something to bear in mind. That's he, he is he should have got more attacking returns, but he didn't. Uh, and he may I, I don't know what the reason behind that is, but I don't think that I would. I'm, I'm not looking at Ailing as a Leeds fan and saying he's going to get loads of points. Okay, interesting because he's in he's in my team at the moment. So uh, interesting point there from from. <laughs> well, I'm, this, this, this is where we talk about it. Though, I'm more right? likely to be wrong than you are on fantasy. So let's, well, uh, but let's not with Lee, but not with Leeds. That's, that's, that's the one team I'm going to listen to everything you've got to say about these guys from detail. That's why I'm not going to miss a beat with that one. But the other 4.5s, Cody, I like as a pick just because they've got good fixtures from game week four. And and also, yeah, look, he, he's, he's going to play. He's a captain. He, he's not going to miss out. Um, Veltman, yes, Brighton have got good fixtures, but I just worry about the double up with Sanchez. So if you've got Sanchez as a keeper... Veltman as well as a double up for Brighton. They've just sold the best defender. Sticking with Brighton, a four million option who I like is Shane Duffy. And he played every every week before, you know, the, the White, Veltman, uh, Webster, uh, Danburn, and all that lot of Brighton. But obviously White's been sold now. And Duffy's played every preseason match. So there's a four million option as a fill-in. He's a he's a good shot. And uh Omo Bamidelli, Omo Bamidelli. I'm going to go with him from uh, from Norwich. Another good four million option. He uh, made sort of seven or eight appearances in the championship last year, uh, back end of the season, and also he's featured in every single preseason game for Norwich. Um, so there are your couple of four million options just to put on your bench. Um, I'm not expecting them to play every week for you, but they're good fillers. Um, and obviously you've got your usuals. Um, Rob Holding, why not? He's probably going to play for Arsenal, uh, and then Lowton or Taylor. For uh, for Burnley as well at the four point five, so that's the Williams the... is surprising. He's not going to play, is he? So I don't know why he's on there. Brandon Williams has been selected because a lot of FPL managers um, thought Shaw wasn't fit and Tellus right. isn't fit as well. So they thought Williams was going to start the season for United, and the reason why he hadn't been loaned out yet was because he was going to start the season at United and then go to Southampton. But okay. Southampton are probably not going to go for him now because they've just signed a left back from uh, from Chelsea. This guy here, Liv Ramento. So he has been signed by Chelsea, by Chelsea, by Southampton from Chelsea. So again, he could feature to replace Ryan Bertrand. So he's another one just to kind of keep an eye on. Because when you're doing your, your wild card, um, you'll want one or two four million defenders because you want to spread your money elsewhere. One or two four million defenders that play. Then you got that. So that that's uh, that's a couple of guys to watch out for there. Um, Going to move on from defenders now and get onto the the, the top tips for uh, for FPL um, and uh, for, for new starters as well to the game. If you if you're watching this and you've played FPL for ten years, you're going to be thinking, really, thanks, Alex. Well done. Pat yourself on the back for giving me these tips. <laughs> yeah, just skip this section if you want to. But number one is transfers. Limit and bank your transfers. Don't use them for the sake of doing them. And if you can save that transfer and then you have two free transfers going into that next week, 
you can take a minus four and make three transfers and that can really, really change your team really well. You can make a lot of differences, a lot of changes. Um, and I find that if I'm able to bank a transfer early on, I can constantly keep myself with two. So just use one a week, but keep myself with two until that point where you get an injury or you get a problem. Then you can make those changes really, really easily by just taking a minus four and doing three transfers in one week. So planning is the other key part to that, but limiting and banking is, uh, if you can save a transfer, then do it. And my plan is to, to not make a transfer between game week one and two, and then I'll have two transfers and off you go. And that that's the plan for me. So I'll use them when I need them. Uh, and planning transfers. So Scott, yeah, I did a lot of this last season, you know, my, uh, my little sort of spreadsheets that I write down with, uh, but I write down all my players and I write down uh, when they're going to play and when they're not. Uh, for me and then when the fixtures change and swing we've got a graphic later on about when the fixtures change and swing and I'm not talking about planning a transfer for every week don't do that because then you'll stick to a plan all the time and you have no flexibility I'm talking about right a lot of people will go game week three I kind of want Son or game week six I want Havertz and Chilwell and I've just planned two or three transfers over the space of eight game weeks and then you can be flexible around the other ones but make those plans and look ahead and when you make those transfers, then you're making them for a, for a, for a bit of a long-term plan. Uh, and wait as long as possible to make them, to have as much info as you possibly can do. So with COVID around as well, uh, every week pretty much as a midweek game, a, a League Cup game, anything else, um, wait as long as you can do to make your transfers. Um, the only caveat on that one is at the very beginning of the season, in the first two or three weeks, everyone's playing. All the seven, eight million fantasy managers are playing. So the prices change quite quickly. So if you're going to make early transfers, only do it in the first few weeks of the season because people will be jumping on bandwagons. You can see it now. Eight Nori gets two goals for Wolves in game week two and everyone buys him. Well, he's going to go up in price within three days. So you'd want to get on that maybe a bit earlier. But as the season progresses, less people are that keen. Wait for get as much information as possible. Um, the third point, is one that's really important for planning your team from game week one. So I'm talking about the first seven game weeks here. So make a captaincy matrix. Who is going to be your captain every game week for the first seven weeks and have them in your team or that be your transfer you're planning. So for example, if I look at Manchester United and Liverpool's fixtures, I see so many people with Bruno and Salah and that's because their fixtures dovetail really nicely. Um, so you have a captain there. People have put Son in because he could be a captaincy option. Um, but that's what I'd say to do. It, it, your captain will make up between 20 and 30% of your points for your entire season. If you get one thing right all season, get your captain right, because that'll make a massive difference to your overall rank. So plan your transfers and your game with one team around the captaincy matrix. Uh, quickly on chip usage, save until later. Don't use them all now except for your first wildcard. Do what you want with that. Because later on in the season, you'll need your free hit because there'll be blank game weeks, double game weeks. You might as well use your bench boost later on in the year as well. You've got more chance of getting more, more points off your bench. They're not the be-all and end-all. Um, got two points from my bench boost last year. And I know, Scott, did you get none? Zero. Zero, zero for me. It was very, very close to a minus two I got. No, it was, <laughs> it, it was close. Um, but yeah, the chips aren't the be-all and end-all. They're a very few percent of your... Of your, um, of your but of your overall points total, but they're still there. They're good to keep to later on and focus on winning your mini league because it's more fun than chasing an overall rank. Um, and guess what? If you win your mini league, shit, shock, horror, you'll do well in the overall rank. Any t- anything you wanted to chip in on that one, boys? Anything off the back of that? Something I've learned in the last couple of years uh, is, is the transfers. Hold on to your free transfers I know a little four points a week taking that hit doesn't seem like a lot, but bloody hell, ask Cully. Ask our friend who does the main podcast, <laughs> Cully. It adds up, and it's something I did a few years ago, and it adds up and it adds up. So save them, keep them in your back pocket, like Alex says, and it makes a world of difference. Anything from you, Tom? Anything you wanted to add on that side? No, just I was reminiscing about how poor all of our bench boosts were last year. So. Oh, they were terrible, weren't they? <laughs> Absolutely awful bench food, and I was I'm, so I'm tempted to just use mine in game week one and just get that stress out of the way. And then uh, if I get two points from it, well, don't have to worry about it for the rest of the year. 
I like that. Um, premium midfielders. So um, quickly on this one. Uh, if you're going to go for Sterling, go for De Bruyne. If you're going to go for Mane, go for Salah. Uh, and then Son and Fernandes are both really good options as well. Um, Fernandes at 40%, Salah at 48%. They seem the, the relatively obvious choices. Um, you can go for one or two of these players, I think, in your team. Um, but for me, yeah, Mo Salah's an, an, an obvious one on there. Uh, and then you build your structure. But here are where your main captains are going to be. Here are where you, your main players are going to be to get most of your points. Um, this is the interesting bracket for me. 9.5 to £7 million midfielders. You're probably going to want like two of these players if you've only got one premium. But if you've got two premiums, you can only really afford one of all of these players. And genuinely... Any of them could have 180 point season, <laughs> like pretty much anyway. I mean, give or take Zaha maybe, uh, and obviously you know let's cross Sigurdsson off the list. But everyone else on that list pr- pretty much could do could have a, have an amazing season. Havertz if he plays false nine, Foden if he gets a run of games, Grealish, Pulisic if he's not crocked, even Gundogan. What did he get last season? 157 points, and he he just turned it on for about three months. So. There's not too much to say on these other than to this is where you'll have a lot of your transfers for the season. This is where you'll like you'll find you'll start off the season with Mares and Greenwood, and then game week six, you'll probably have like Havertz and Barnes, and they'll just it, your team will change in this area. And this is actually the area where you do need to spend your transfers. So yeah, out of these guys, anyone can anyone sort of take your fancy out of this? Anyone that's your really peak your interest? Uh, I mean, Grealish is Grealish stands out for me. I know it's Pep Roulette, but a hundred million pounds, you, you're not allowed to rotate in Pep. You are not allowed to rotate, and he has to play <laughs> every minute. I think that should be a rule when you spent that much money on a player. But apart from that, the only one that's thing that stands out to me on that list is Mount at twenty percent ownership. Because that makes me think people are just bringing him in for that first game week against Palace at home. You know, a new manager, maybe a big result against them. Bring him in for that one and take him out for the next two. Because Arsenal away and then Liverpool away, I'm not sure what the logic there is. So I can only think that they're they're bringing him in for game week one. And that's going to be their first transfer is Mount out in game week two. You can see all your English players, can't you, with just your high ownership. Grealish at 31.9, Madison 11.4, Mount at 20%. It's just, it's all very Sancho at 13.1. It, it, this is what happens at the beginning of the year because people have seen them at the Euros or they know who they are. So, so, they, so they pick <laughs> them. It, it literally is that. I'll just, I'll just put a name out there. That's 1.6% owned. And when you played last year, it was fantastic. ZH. ZH has had an unbelievable preseason. Yeah, he's been scoring a lot. Unbelievable preseason. preseason. Yeah. 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 He's, he's a player who, along with, well, just all of Chelsea's midfielders and front line, yeah. I'll be watching really, really closely to, because come game week six, their fixtures change a lot. And yeah. they go really good. And, whoever's starting regularly in that time will be... And when you're building your game week one team, this is why, again, I don't don't like tripling up on a team because I like to have the flexibility but and also the rotation risk. Um, But when you're building a team throughout a season, it'll take a lot for me to triple up on a team. Um, And that Chelsea squad, I could see myself probably doing it. But then he's going to tinker any two calls, going to... Really do my head in. Um, what well, I then, think is quite quite interesting, Alex, is you glance. What I do, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people do, is you glance. You, you're looking for that green, aren't you? Yeah. Um, red scary, but red scary, but is Arsenal way scary? No, I don't. I don't think it's scary. I don't think, but I also don't look at it and think, oh, Ziyech or Mount is going to get. You yeah, know, but if you, two, if you two goals in that fixture, I think they might Chelsea will probably win it, maybe one nil or something like that. It could be, I could be completely wrong, but the style of football Arsenal play doesn't really open them up to heavy defeats, in my opinion, because they they're going to slow the game down and control possession. Um, so I, I, the only reason I question that as a result is not because Chelsea won't necessarily win it; it's just just because I don't think. I don't think there's a lot of points in that for attacking assets in the Chelsea team. You've got to get that one player that's going to score. Yeah. Uh, well, this is the other thing where 
there's a lot of analysis done on a podcast listen to called FPL Black Box, and they did some analysis on how um, the attacking and defenders' uh, points changed compared to fixtures. So the defenders themselves, um, their points were relatively consistent, whereas the attackers' points varied a lot. They got a lot more double-digit hauls against the weaker teams. Um, the fixtures made a bigger difference to their um, output of points, basically, for midfielders than it does for defenders. Because how many nil-nils do you see between United and Liverpool and City and Chelsea and whatever else? So that's why your transfers don't need to be used on the defenders, but the output does make a big difference for these sort of midfielders. And that's why this is the area, like this screen here, and maybe the next one is where you're probably going to spend most of your transfers and your time. Uh, for the season so yeah loads of options you, there's loads of wait and sees on here and loads of options but um, but yeah for, for me looking at the fixtures I think you're, you're right in pointing out players like um, you know Sancho Greenwood uh, even like you know, United have got great fixtures um, City have got that Norwich at home fixture surely oh. Jota's got a feature on there as well yeah well if Firmino's not in training which there's a rumour around that he's injured you know Norwich and Burnley in the first two games oh there's there's so many choice Barnes has been in a few of my drafts Wolves West Ham and Norwich there's just so many choices and literally like again none of them are wrong um and whoever gets it right will lead the FPL league this this is the screen right whoever picks the right ones out of this for me, we'll be winning the mini league after game week two or three, and then it'll be catch up from there. But you know, we'll see. Six point fives and five point fives and four point four point fives. Um, everyone loves Buendia at fourteen percent apparently. Uh, Rafinha at twenty one percent is the most underpriced player on the game for me. Could be seven point five, not six point five. I think he looks like a player who could really deliver a high amount of points. One hundred and thirty three points off half a season, basically for me. Um, so he's one to point out. Saka, I think, has got immense potential. Immense potential. It's a little bit of a wait and see. But I just think it's hilarious how Trossard is the same price as like Rafinha. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Trossard. I love watching him play football, but like he's just his output just isn't there. And but even like a player like Ward Prowse, 6.5, there's loads of great options on there. Um, and you probably have to have one of these boys in your team. Um, and maybe even then one of these 4.5s. Stuart Dallas at the top there, 17% owned. Um, I think people haven't realised he's made the switch. Yeah, because he, his, he doesn't his quite have the value anymore. anymore. No. <laughs> um, but still 5.5, it's, it's a good price. Um, I was worried it was going to be even more than that. Uh, Basuma is up there because he plays. Gilmore is up there because, again, he's going to play for Norwich um, as 4.5. Brownhill, 3.4%. He's going to play every week for, for Burnley, pretty much. So these guys are all good enablers. Declan Rice, if you want to step it up to 5 million. But again, these guys are in here for as, as enablers more than anything else. Cantwell would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Yeah, 5.5. It'd be very, very interesting if he goes to Villa. Yeah. Like 5.5 at Villa with them first three fixtures. Yeah. Could be in my team for that because I, I really rate Cantwell. I think he's a yeah. very good player. Um, I was... I was surprised that Saka, how cheap? Yeah, I feel yeah. like he's going to play a lot. 114 points last season. That's why. Is yeah, they they base it on their points scores from and then their other ICT and stuff like that, don't they? It's I think if you he might have a good season, but they can't predict. They can't go predictive on the pricing, can they? I suppose yeah. not. I just think he's going to play players. a lot more than he did last year. Yeah, yeah, he probably will. He probably will. I think we'd just be wrong as well, just not to do a really quick point out to what Spurs' front three is probably going to be in the first couple of games. Um, Bergwijn maybe might feature, but Mora, Deli Alley, and Son at 6.5 million. And I know they've got City, Wolves and Watford, but Spurs' fixtures aren't that bad. And they're just... Someone like Lucas Mora, you know he can just go off, don't you? So it's just, again... They're a wait and see. I'm not going to play against Man City. Deli Ali as well. He'll have a run of five games and everyone will be raving. He, that's, he did it on the Mourinho when Mourinho came in. It was yeah. unbelievable. And then he just seems to get bored, doesn't he? So get him yeah, when he's yeah. hot. <laughs> I'll see how Nuno does it for him, won't we? Harrison, six million. There's loads of options on here again. None of them are going to win you the fantasy league pretty much. But they, they might do. One of these might just ridiculously go off. Rafinha, for an example, could do. Uh, you never know. Like Sark could have an amazing season. Wendy could get... 15 assists. 
But um, but yeah, like yeah, just keep an eye on these boys. Um, and, and again, I'm going to go finish off with the building of the game week one structure and whatever else. But you need a player at this price point in your team because then if somebody goes off on one, in this price point, you can move to them easily. So that's why I like to have a six point five. I like to have one premium, two in the screen before this one, and then two from this screen. And I just I leave myself a little bit of money in the bank because then I can get around easier to jump on the bandwagon of the team that's doing really well or the player that's doing really well um, in terms of the structure. So that's what I had to do. Tips, more tips. Again, tune out if you know what you're doing. Because um, the first one's learn the rules. <laughs> that's, that's simply, like learn the rules. Learn how players score points. Learn how players score bonus points. Because actually that will make a massive difference in, in how you're actually going to end up picking your team. Like, did you know the point that I made earlier about defenders? You get more points for a clean sheet than you do for an assist and you get more BPS for a clean sheet than you do an assist. You, the number one thing for your defender, if they're not a goal-scoring defender, is to be a defender that keeps clean sheets. Transfers making for the long run. Last one on transfers, four-man fixtures. You want to look at the next six to eight game weeks for a transfer for a player. You don't want to just bring them in for one week. Um, or two weeks. You want to look at forward at those transfers and see, keep them for a little while. Uh, stats are great, but combined with the eye test. So, you know, you can play loads of passes and create a few chances, but are they really great chances? Are they not? And I really like combining it with the eye test because the eye test, so watching match of the day or watching live games, that's actually how you pick that player that is going to do something amazing without looking at the stats. So all your FPL geeks will all go, oh, look, they've never created uh, more big chances than anybody else in the final third, blah, blah, blah. But actually, there might be a player that is just have the, the, the pass before the assist a few times and they could be the one to bring in to sort of get ahead of everybody else. So watch football and you will do better. Simple as that, really. That was one of the uh, main bits of advice from the guy who won FPL two years ago. He said, I just watched all the games <laughs> and beat, beat the players off the back of that, and it worked. Uh, reflect on your decision-making process and not the outcome. Uh, get into the last two here, a little bit more about your mental health and uh, and focusing on enjoyment, because that they are the, they are the key. This is why you play fantasy football, because if, you, if you're not enjoying it and making the decisions for you, then you shouldn't play it, really. It should heighten your experience yeah. of, um, of, of football. And that's what it's done for me. I love watching Burnley play Southampton at home because I might have Charlie Taylor at left back. And it just, it just excites me that it makes it better. Um, and you make your decisions... Uh, because you think they're going to be right. And guess what? They're not all going to be right because you're not in control of what happens. You think you are, but you're not. So just enjoy it. Reflect on your decision-making processes, not the outcome, and then you'll become happier and better at fantasy football. Um, and I know uh, you two boys are as into poker as I am, and that is one of the main things about playing Texas Hold'em, whereas whatever else is decision-making processes and not the outcome. But anything to add on those ones, boys? Exactly what you've said there. So as long as you've made the right decision, you should just be happy. Um, let's not forget there's a lot of luck involved in fantasy football because, you know what, your mates probably made a ridiculous decision at captain and Declan Rice. Even though I love Declan Rice, it's and he goes and bags a couple of goals, you, do, you don't get annoyed by it. just Because uh, like you said, I, I'm very good at not getting annoyed, but when it gets a bit more nitty-gritty, I do find myself hating it a little bit when it's not going well <laughs> and actually it's just a bit of fun isn't it so yeah just don't take it too seriously if you if you can yeah you know have goals if you want to have goals but if your goals are to this is one of the great things about and you know i wasn't going to get into too much detail on this and i won't do but there are other forms of the game you can play draft for an example but uh, the cup competitions but there's also head-to-head fantasy leagues so if you're a player that doesn't really play it that often as well, set up a head-to-head league with your friends because you can miss it four weeks in a row. And it doesn't matter how many points you score at those four weeks. It just matters if you beat the player that you're against. So then you can tune in and, and be like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to spend my two free transfers, take a minus four, I've made three changes, I might win this week. And then you can just use it to enjoy that week. All of these things are ways to enjoy the game better. Um, and uh, yeah, the cup and potentially then sorting out something as well for a head-to-head league, something I'll be doing this year anyway. Um, Strikers. Hope we're all excited for strikers. Uh, Harold Kane. Um, 
we we all had our chat about that when we were doing the All In Football show yesterday. Um, James Vardy, um, Pierre Mkhitaryan. I'm not going to full name anybody, but all of these guys are. I mean, none of them are in my team <laughs> for, for a reason. I think they're all too expensive for what they are at this very moment in time. Um, why have Vardy when you can have Iheanacho? Kane's disgruntled. Aubameyang, is he, is he going to show up this season? Firmino doesn't score. Salah and Mane do. Uh, Werner, is he, is he going to play up front? It's Havertz. Cavani, he's not going to get all of the games. But I do love Cavani because of the fixtures as well. He's the, he's the one that's kind of tempted me. Jesus, he's obviously out of favour. That's why Pep started playing a false nine. And Lacazette's got one year left on his contract. It's probably going to get sold, I think, this summer. Um, anything to add on these ones, boys, before we move on to the other lot? I, th- I think the only player I, I may look at on that list is probably Harry Kane, if he goes to City. If he goes to City, he'll probably be my second top-range premium option along Salah. Uh, but if he stays at Spurs with everything that's gone on, he probably won't be going in for me. I agree. I've got Cavani in mind. Um, um, I just, I just think he's um, going to start the first few game weeks at, at least, and he yeah. just delivers. He delivered last year, so some of them players are horrendously overpriced. Jamie, Jamie Varley, Jamie Varley, not Jamie Varley, Jamie Vardy. Shout out. Um, Go back to this one. Yeah. He's great, but how many of his goals last year were pens? And the fact that they're softening up the penalty rule this year, uh, sorry, you know, making it harder to get a penalty. Yeah, I think it's it's disgusting at ten point five million. Yeah, it's expensive, uh, isn't it? And you've got to look at you've got to look at Ian Acho having a very good end of the season, yeah. and also they've signed Daka as well. Uh, he's going to be rotated a bit more, maybe. So yeah, I think I'm with you on that one, Scott. I think Vardy's overpriced there. I'm pretty much going to have two of whoever's on this list, and I just haven't fully decided which two I'm going to get from this list yet. Um, Watkins was such a good option here. I'm a bit annoyed that they've yeah. signed Ings because I just don't know what they're going to do. But Watkins was such a good option before. He that. was in my draft as well, Tom. I took it. I literally took him out because I think he's going to play on the left of a, of a three behind um, uh, Ings. Now is he going to play up front in a two? I just don't know. And the thing is with Ings is he could smash it in that team, but obviously you know my feelings on his injuries. Uh, you know, consist consistency. Is he going to deliver consistently throughout the season? You, you know, he could have a 200 point season if he plays 38 games. Ings could do it. You know he can. He is one of the best finishers in the league. But is he going to deliver? And then that's going to impact on Watkins' position. And anyway, that that's made me go away from them. Marshall, I'm not even touching. But Bamford's an option. But I'm, I think Rafinha at 1.5 million less. It just... I don't really want to double up on Leeds game week one against Man United. I, that, that's the only thing that's putting me off. Patrick Bamford. Um, uh, I think if you watch his miss in the Ajax preseason, that'd probably put him put you off putting him in as well. <laughs> Very Bamford. Calvert Lewin has to be said. You know, he's he's um, he's right up there on the list. Um, Scott mentioned Everton's fixtures earlier. Antonio and and, this, and and I know I've I've made a bit of a flippant comment about Ings and his injuries, but you don't want to go with um, Ings, Antonio, and Wilson up front. For, for for the for the reasons of you have you can't go for three injury prone players you can't even go for two so I can't go for Ings and Antonio alongside Ivan Tony because you just can't do it like an unproven guy in the Premier League against two injury prone people it does generally make a difference and then in pre season as well Ianacho has not started I think any of Leicester's games Dak has started up front with Vardy or Vardy's played with um, like Madison and uh, Perez and Barnes so um, it, I'm. Just with that, Ian Acho's come on in the second half. He's played every game. I'm just a little bit unsure on Ian Acho. Jimenez has come back from a horrendous injury. Richarlison's just got back from the Olympics, hasn't he? Or has he got, has he got back from the Olympics? Yeah. Um, Wilson's just too injury prone for me. Che Adams leads the line for Southampton, but Ward Prowse is injured now. Uh, and Chris Wood will score 10 goals this year. Just when? Who knows? <laughs> Probably when Jack's got him in his team. Absolutely. When Jack's got him in his team, I'm going to put Wood in my team. Literally, as soon as Jack <laughs> transfers Wood in, I'm going to put Wood in. That's what's going to happen. Um, but, but boys, what, what do you think of this? Which which two are you going to pick out from this list that you're going to put your eye on and potentially put in your team? It's tough one, isn't it? Um, I, could, I can see... I don't know, Ralph Jimenez is back, isn't he? He's, he's, he's back playing, and if he gets any kind of form again, he's... He, he's frightening. Horrendous he's, a, he's, a game, he's a game week four, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's a game, I was going to say, like the horrendous yeah. starts this season. Dak is an interesting one for me as well. I can see his ownership shooting up at any point. Um, yeah, I, I think similar to everyone else, I've only got one of these players so far, and it's uh, Watkins. But I've, I've already mentally changed nine players in my team throughout this podcast. So 
I'll be doing an overhaul. But but what could we do debating this? Watkins and Ings they could easily start together. That could be a shout. And they could be amazing together, but there's just so much uncertainty, isn't there, around it? Um, but to get to the next page, boys, uh, to look at the 6.5s and the 6 millions, Tammy Abraham, it's all about does he get a move? Because if he gets a move, like he goes to Arsenal and Lacazette leaves, something like that. It, but the, I mean, West Ham surely are crying out for another striker to go with Antonio. So I, there's, there's loads of people in anyway. And, and, and obviously now Southampton are linked. Uh, so loads of options for Tammy. Um, Benteke, which Benteke are we going to get? I just don't know. Uh, Benteke is that guy. Drew's obviously left. Mope. Rodrigo, is he going to play behind Bamford? Is he going to play up top with him? What's he going to do? He's, he's, he's going to play behind him, almost in like a, a cam role, if you, if you want to call it that. He'll be behind him, which means, in my eyes, he's effectively a midfielder, but with attacking point holes. So I, I did have him in originally, Rodrigo. I, I, I don't know. Talk, talk, talk about midfielders. Uh, so Maximan's here. No idea why. Uh, uh, Ivan Tony is thirty percent owned. Um, it, I think it was. Can't remember who did the did the analysis. Um, but um, basically, the average for a player coming up from the championship in terms of uh, of output um, is about half of what they did in the championship their first season in the Premier League. So even then, like Ivan Tony's still going to score like what 14, 15, 16. Yeah. did he get got thirty it, goals? He got he broke a record. He got thirty or thirty one goals. Yes. I'll say one thing about Ivan Tony being a Scunny fan mm. and he played for us. He's done it on every single level for the last like five seasons. I honestly think he can make the step up, especially with some quality around him. Is it the is Brentford Arsenal the first game of the season yeah, on the Friday, Friday night? You yeah. can yeah. see it as well. Like first game of the season, Brentford at home, Ivan Tony straight up from the championship bagging a goal, you know, yeah. bit, I, I can, you can see that. It's just a story. It, it makes sense. It's, he's such a cool guy as well. And I say that in nothing affects him. The fact that he's playing in the Premier League, he's not going to give a shit. Honestly, he rates himself, he's, doesn't he? He's confident. He, he backs himself. He's come out yeah. saying said he wants to win the league with Brentford. Deluded, yeah. But he also backs himself. Do you know what I mean? Well, so, well but the like, thing is, I thought he was deluded when he sat there at Peterborough and said, I want to play in the Premier League. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I I listened to him say that and I thought, come on. Tony, really? You think you were at Scuddy two years ago, lad? Sit yourself down. Well, he's starting against Arsenal. <laughs> and so, exactly. and one of the reasons I've got Tony in my team is because I want to sit there on this stag do we're going on next weekend. Shout out to Jeff. And I want to watch a player on that pitch who I've got in my fantasy team. That is one of the reasons yeah. why he's actually in my game week one team because oh, you I make it, all it. these. All this has made me think. I had him Tony in on my first draft. I've taken him out and he's going straight back in. He's got to come back in. I just want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy him as well. I think he's going to be great fun to watch. Um, and uh, tell you what's not fun: eight Watford attackers. <laughs> <laughs> Who's starting? Do you know what jo- Josh King? If he starts oh. at five point five million, he's proven in the prem. If yeah. Josh King is the comes their starting striker, he'll be in a lot of wild cards. Um, but yeah, the, what an absolute! I mean, and, and uh, is it Adam Ida? It's Adam Ida, isn't it? For um, for Norwich, he's been on fire in preseason. He's been smashing the goals in, and he got a hat trick in the League Cup or something, didn't he? Before he's a young player that could he, he can have a season this season. I think he could maybe show himself. Um, but yeah, for me, off off these lists, it's Tony, and I'm, I'm having one of these lads in my uh, in my team. Um, so. Off the back of what we've done, I created a watch list and screen grab this if you want to, if you're watching it. This is just a really, I I literally free typed this when Tom was walking down my drive about two hours ago. But this is what the watch list looks like that I typed up. Um, And obviously my players are all in here. Um, Two columns of midfielders, as you can imagine, um, because there's a lot more more variance there. Um, But yeah, so that's what that is. So I'll leave this up for a couple more seconds. Grab this one if you want to, and then we'll uh, we'll move on to the uh, to the to the next screen, which is my team currently. How exciting! Sanchez uh, for anyone who's listening potentially on a on on a podcast. So hopefully we're going to rip the audio from this and put it on the podcast stream. Uh, my team at the moment is Sanchez and Backman as goalkeepers. Trent Alexander Arnold, Luke Shaw, Ben White, Luke Ailing, and Omar Bama Delhi as my five defenders. Uh, Mo Salah, Riyad Mahrez, Mason Greenwood, Rafinha and Brownhill as my midfielders. And up front, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, 
uh, Antonio and Ivan Tony. Um, I'm playing a 3-4-3 formation with obviously Brownhill and Omabamadeli on the bench. And uh, I went for that quickly, didn't I? And uh, and Luke Ayling as well on my bench. And, uh, and Backman and Sanchez rotate really well. This team also has three million in the bank. So if I wanted to upgrade one of these guys before the start of the season, I can do. But one of the other things I wanted to mention on this one is I want flexibility. I want to know, right, okay, a couple of these players are playing really well. I want game week three comes around. Mares will probably come out my team, so I don't want Pep Roulette for my entire season. He's got 9 million holding. I've got another three in the bank. I'll have 12 million to spend and I'll be able to be flexible. And that's what my plan is anyway for game week one. Any comments on this team, boys? Just Marius. I can't believe you. I can't believe you gambled on game week one on Pep. Uh, it's just, I, 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 he should play. It makes sense for him to play. He's been brilliant recently, but I can't believe you gambled on him on week one, Alex. Yeah, it's a, it goes against a lot of my principles. So does yeah. putting in a, a a newly promoted striker. Um, but I, I, um, I oh, I'm I'm too cautious as a fantasy manager, and I decided you know what, this season. Mares, even if he comes off the bench, he'll feature in that game and he'll feature against Norwich. Even if he gets half an hour against Norwich, he could still score two goals. So you're not you're not going to lose the whole league in the first two game weeks, are you? I, no. You're going to lose it over a season. So maybe in the first couple of weeks, it's actually worth having the, those gamble players in because you know massive differential. Hardly anyone's going to have Mares in their team in game week one, aren't they? So he, I might captain him against Norwich as well. I might. It depends how I feel. Um, but yeah, that's that's my team. Any comments, Scotty? It, yeah, looks really good. Um, it's just the Mara's one. Yeah, but I've I just been thinking then he's, he's rested all summer, hasn't he? So he's not been involved in any competition. So one of the things as well that I can do with this team is if I want to, if I want to not take the risk, I could just upgrade Maris to Bruno. I've got the money in the bank. So you see, I've made I've made that comment, and since I gave you my team, I've already put Grealish in, and he's only just transferred. So. Who's taking the real risk there? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Boys, your drafts uh, and and colours. This is where we were at and you've uh, you've already made your changes. Scott, for the podcast yeah. listeners, can you read out your draft, please? <laughs> yeah, and it's, there's going to be about 10 changes to this. Uh, Pick, Pickford and McCarthy in goal. Pickford will certainly be staying. Um, I honestly think he's going to have a good season. Defenders of uh, Keane, Robertson, White, Connor Cody and Veltman. So... Um, a lot of them will be staying, I believe. Um, midfielders is the best player in the league, Farnells. Um, Saka, I just got a feeling about him. KDB, Salah and Buendia. Um, and um, who else we got? Oh, that's it. Going five. I'm going for a three, five, two. And then we've got strikers of Ivan Tony, Cavani and Rodrigo. Um, so, yeah, probably going to make about six or seven changes generally after just listening to that because there's so much great information there. Uh, what, um, uh, Tom, tell, talk us through your draft. Yeah, Martinez in goal with Sanchez as my backup option. Uh, starting back three uh, for this iteration was James White and Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold. Uh, I've got Fafana and Furpo. Obviously, Fafana's injured, so that's going to be a change. Um, and now I've been told that I'm an idiot for picking five million <laughs> defenders. I'm probably going to take Furpo out as well. Not at all. Uh, no, no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Uh, midfield, um, I've gone for... I tried to spread it out across... Lots of teams with decent fixtures. So Barnes um, against Wolves. I know he's uh, he's coming back from an injury, but he was so he was on fire before he got injured. Um, I think he would have made a push for the England squad if he hadn't got injured at, um, at the back end of last season. So Barnes, Bowen, uh, Salah, captain Buendia, cause, You know he's been linking up very well with Watkins in pre-season. Rafinha and then Watkins and Wilson up top with uh, Mister Patrick Bamford as my final striker on the bench. I like that. Any comments on the on the on Tommy's team, Scott? Yeah, quite like it. Um, certainly a bit left field, but you, you've spread the players out, like you've said, and yeah, I think Ben White's a great shot. Yeah, I do too, and I, I, I like the way you've spread the money as well. I think some Harvey Barnes was in my first draft. Um, Wendy could could really do well. I like the Rafinha pick, Scott. I really like De Bruyne as a pick. Um, I think again, that's a good good premium to have in there. Saka's right could go off. Keen with the fixtures, the double up on Everton defence is strong. 
uh, but we've got Rafa in charge, so why not? Again, uh, for for again for the podcast listeners, and also I think I've covered up half of Cully's team with my uh, with my screens on the side here. So apologies for that one, guys. Uh, Martinez and Foster as his goalkeepers: Shaw, Robertson, Soufal, Lowton, and Ben Johnson. Uh, Barnes, Salah, De Bruyne, Harrison, and Smith Rowe, and then up front Antonio, Tony, and Watkins. Um, so I'm sure he's got a few changes to uh, to make on that one. Um, Johnson is a four million again. He, he, it's, I don't know if he's going to play or not with Sufal. I, I can't see it, but uh, exciting to see what you boys end up uh, end up doing with your with your changes. And here is the novices team. Uh, Liam Ormsby, thank you very much for sending this one over to me. Uh, again for podcast listeners, Henderson and Foster as his keepers. That's Dean Henderson. I don't know who else would it be. Jordan. Um, uh, in in defence, Sufal, Ailing, Ruben Diaz, Ben White, and Virgil Van Dijk. Suchek, Buendia, Sancho, Fernandez, and Grealish. So no Salah. The midfield. Bamford, Disappointing to see two Man United players in there as well, Liam. I'll just say uh, he's that. a Villa fan. Isn't you know, he's a Villa yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. He's, he says he's a Leeds fan. He's a Villa fan. Um, but and, and, any comments on this one, boys? No, I think he's. I think he's picked some. There's obviously some risky options in there. I think similar to what I just said. You know, I put Grealish in as well, but it is a risky option. Um, I think you know we were talking about him probably Van Dyke. Um, he's probably going to keep a lot of clean sheets. And based on what you said about BPS, Alex, actually not that bad a shout because Liverpool are probably going to keep a lot of clean sheets this year with the signings they've made. Van Dyke back. You know, they'll be a lot more solid. Good right. options. I agree. I think. Um, I think Bruno's a gamble. He had a very poor Euros and he didn't look great at the back end of the Premier League season. And again, with the penalties, I, I, I like Bruno as a player. I think he's going to definitely hit form at some point. I think it's a gamble putting him in first game, especially yeah. when you've got Sancho there with him. I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, because we've been talking for about an hour now, but I, I, if Bruno, he was in the only just in the top 50 players in the last 10 game weeks of last season in terms of points, and he's 12 million. Oh. God, I, like, hope he, I hope he bombs. Really. I, well, I know you do, and I really hope he doesn't. But he's not in my team. and He's not in my team, and he's not in my team from... So I did this thing. I, I, I made my draft, my first draft, and Bruno wasn't in it. And then I saw all these teams with Bruno in it all over Twitter and everything else, and I was like, God, I need Bruno. And I'm like, no, you don't need Bruno. You go with your gut. And I think Greenwood will play in all of United's first two or three games, maybe even more than that. Um, and I think he can get as, as more points in a more advanced position. Uh, and I, I actually, Oli said in an interview, he wants Sancho and Varane for his bench in the first game. I don't know if that was a little bit of a twist of words, and it was just talking about Varane, and he just wants Sancho available, but also an interesting one as well. But uh, it really great, considering this is a team that um, Amana's picked just off three tips that I gave him, which were look at the fixtures for the first six or seven game weeks, know who your captain's going to be in the first six or seven game weeks, and uh, learn the rules. <laughs> that's the three that I told him about. And he's, uh, he's come up with this. So I think that's a, a strong team that could uh, could do really well. Uh, Fantasy Football Hub is the what I use um, to for all my information, not to stats, everything else. Like that. I've got a membership with those guys. Um, and uh, this is the fixture ticker that they've got there, which I think is really helpful. And it rates them by easiest fixtures overall. And you can make it game week one to seven, game week one to eight, one to ten, whatever you want to do. Uh, and um, Brighton come out with the best fixtures. Man United, West Ham, Wolves, Leeds, Watford, Newcastle, Liverpool. The toughest ones, Southampton, Man City, weirdly enough. But they do have Spurs, Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea and Liverpool. Start of the season. Um, in their first seven games, not in a row, by the way. Uh, Norwich, Arsenal actually strangely down there, which I didn't understand. But Chelsea, Man City and Spurs. Yeah, not that easy. Um, but yeah, it's a really good tool to have. Um, and take a good look at that one moving forward. I think it's really helpful. And um, I think Lego Mane off Twitter, he's a, he's a fantastic account to follow. Um, the fixture runs he put together for the first 19 game weeks, so you can start to look where you'd want to wildcard. Game week seven and eight were highlighted in a, in a really good fixture swing. Man City have a really good run after that point. Uh, Chelsea have a fantastic run from game week seven through to 11. Uh, Leeds again their fixtures turn in five going through to ten so for anyone who is obviously watching the YouTube video the darker the green the better the fixture run um, so Spurs have an amazing run if Kane is still there or if Son's their man who's playing up front between 10 and 7 sorry 11 and 17 so obviously we don't know the form of all the teams yet this is just off the form of the teams that we predict or that came in from last season. But it's a really good guide to just be able to go, right, OK, well, I do want a couple of Brighton assets. I do want a couple of Liverpool assets. I do want a couple of Man United. Everton look good. Newcastle, maybe. Uh, Man City have a good start. Villa have an amazing start. And then you, you can build up from there. And I just think it's a really good visual and tool 
Um, and if you want to go some high-level planning that uh, I showed Tom this earlier, uh, and he went, you're thinking that far ahead? That's weird. Yeah, uh, I still haven't settled on a, a team for week one, and you're thinking about uh, AFCON in the third quarter, I mean... Well, uh, Ben Crellin is the man to follow on Twitter. He will do all your fixture analysis. He'll put all these amazing spreadsheets for you. And um, it was just, I wanted to put this up. And for podcast listeners, again, it's not going to be that helpful for you. But game week 17 to 18 are potential blank game weeks for Chelsea in the um, in the um, uh, the Club World Cup. AFCON 22 and 23 game week, uh, we'll uh, see no Mane or Salah or Mares for an example. And then you'll see your blanks and your doubles will be around game week 30, game week 33 and game week 37. It's a great thing to refer back to just during the season. Um, but what it does mean, hopefully, is that um, come game week one uh, through to the first half of the season up to game week 16, there looks like minimal disruption pending COVID. Uh, and also your international breaks between game week three and four, seven and eight and 11 and 12. And there'll be your three prime times when people will use their wildcards because they'll have more time to think about them. Um, and there's some good fixture swings. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast, um, and I hope you guys have really enjoyed the YouTube video if you have watched it. It's our first one doing it, so thank you for bearing with us on it. Um, if you did like what you heard, uh, follow us on our social medias, uh, All In Football on uh, Instagram and All In Football on uh, All In Football Pod, sorry, on Instagram and All In Football Pod on uh, TikTok and All In Football P on Twitter. We'll try to put out as much content as we possibly can do for you guys. Uh, just out of the TikTok, if you can't tell. Uh, but put, put one up. Um, and uh, I'll put another one up off the back of this one as well. Um, and there's a few credits for uh, for the guys as well, who thank you so much for, uh, for what I've uh, ripped content-wise from you guys for this uh, YouTube video. Um, thanks for joining me, Tom. Thanks for joining me, Scott. Really appreciate your time. And uh, I am now looking forward to the uh, the FPL season. Drop into our DMs if you want any advice. Send me a team if you want me to do any team analysis. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see you in a in a couple of weeks' time post game week one. Thanks a lot for watching.